Come on. I've been asked by so many people over the past couple of years about how do I start a podcast that I've developed and released a course that will teach you exactly how to do that step by step from figuring out the kind of show that you want to have to understanding how all the technology works behind it and then how to get great guests and uh, keep the thing moving and how to grow it. So if you're interested in that, check it out. You can go to georgegrombacher.com forward slash podcast course and you'll find it there. You can just go to the website. I'll also list that in the notes of the show. Welcome to Money Savage, a savage approach to personal finance. This is George Grumbacher, and the time is right. Welcome to today's guest, a strong and powerful Mesh Lakani. Mesh, are you ready to do this? Yes, sir, I am. Excellent. Let's do this. Mesh is the co-founder of Mark II Capital. He is the host of the Take of the Talk Money podcast, and he is passionate about financial education. I'm excited to have you on. Mesh, tell us a little bit about your personal life, some more about your work, and why you do what you do. Uh, excited to be here. Thanks for having me. Um, bit of quick personal life. Uh, grew up overseas. <clears throat> was born in Dubai. Grew up in Bangladesh and Pakistan. Came to the U.S. for college um, in 2002. My whole family moved here in 2006. And uh, now um, reside in, in Brooklyn with my wife and our French bulldog. Um, in terms of what I do, I, uh, I'm an investor. So split into two groups. I uh, co-founded a, a fund called Mark II Capital, which focuses on initially focused on private credit opportunities, but now has taken a hybrid of equity and and debt, and uh, in, investing in early stage companies, technology, et cetera. And then I do private investing, so I'm an LP in in a few different funds, um, as well as doing some early stage equity investing myself. Um, and then most passionately, I am diving into financial education or money education, um, where I believe in creating content that can be simplified, approachable, accessible, um, relatable to people in terms of teaching about business and finance uh, in an easy way through entertainment. Nice. Appreciate all that. So growing up in, in, in Pakistan, and obviously, I, I assume that, that your parents uh, are, are were, were your parents also from there. Yeah, my mom is from Bangladesh. Uh, my dad is from Pakistan. Um, you know, they they spent they spent uh, their time all over the world, uh, but they met in Dubai, and um, <clears throat> where I was born. Nice. So, how do you think that your perspective has been shaped uh, with more of a, an international upbringing versus being born in the state or born and raised in the states? Um, no, it's it's a good question. You know, it's something that I don't get to talk about enough these days. Um, you just grow around. Uh, you grow up around a bunch of different people from different parts of the world. Um, you know, whether it's different religions or uh, you know being in different areas of the economic system, i.e., in in places like Bangladesh and Pakistan. I mean, the disparity between wealth, like you see a ton of poverty. Um, where it's not essentially like in the U.S. where you have an ability to get out of that. Um, and then just from that side to then experiencing people who've grown up in different parts of the world and understanding where they come from and having that type of empathy, I think it gives you a bit more of a global outlook. But I think it also just lets you like 
find something in common with anybody. Like yeah, I can meet somebody who's never met a Pakistani person and my job is to give the best impression to them since they don't have one. Um, and so I think having that presence is everyone you meet is always a representation of where they come from. And you always want to be thinking that way. Well, I certainly appreciate that. And that's a little bit of pressure. Like I need to represent all of Pakistan <laughs> in my personal communication with this human being. <laughs> well, I, I guess the way I would say it is that I would like to represent a person who grew up overseas, who culturally grew up Muslim and lives in the U.S. Like, mm. can I... Um, represent not necessarily the whole culture, but like my aspect of that culture. Um, and, and I think it's just, you know, understanding that everyone has different views. Um, people have uh, not experienced people maybe in, in the best way, and therefore they have a certain opinion of them. So if, you know, you can change someone's mind, like, you know, one person at a time, uh, you're doing your job. Yeah, I certainly appreciate that. So, so, were, were, were you raised talking about money? Did you get an allowance? How did that, how did that all shake out? Uh, my dad was um, very good about setting a budget for us. Um, you know, uh, in the summers, basically we would come, we, we you know, we, we had family in London, we had family in, in the suburbs of Washington, DC. So, you know, we were fortunate enough to, to travel to these places um, at, at a young age and, it would basically be at the beginning of the summer, here's an allowance. This will last you the whole summer. Um, you, If you have any school supplies or anything, you know, uh, clothes, whatever you need, this is all within that. You are in charge of keeping that as a budget. Um, I always was super fascinated by that. I, I found it really fun, um, and, and I thought it was a great exercise. So little things like that. Um, he was an entrepreneur, so I think he was always just trying to you know, have fun with it and, and try to teach us things. Yeah, I certainly appreciate that. And I'm sure that it served you well. Um, what, what, what about it was fun? Um, I, 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 what is it about fun? I think there's some level of, uh, you know, freedom that you have when you can spend, mm. um, you know, yeah. I want to get this shirt and I really want that shirt but I know that if I buy, you know, this is me going into like um, a foot action or a foot locker or finish line. Uh, you know, this is the 90s era NBA basketball is at this like you know, we live in Pakistan. We all know who like Jordan and Shaquille O'Neal is and Sean Kemp. And <laughs> sure. You like staring at a jersey and you're like, well, I could blow my entire budget on this jersey <laughs> or I could buy like five regular Nike shirts and I would usually go for the latter. Um, I, and I don't know why I found that fun, but there is some level of like, you know, freedom to it that was exciting. And then finding deals, I, I, I you know, I always yeah. enjoy a good sale and then picking up certain things. And I think I always just liked the idea of having more money in the envelope um, than I, you know, than I did. Like it, it hurt me every time I would spend that dollar. Mm -hmm. um, and so, uh, you know, I'm not necessarily saying I'm actually that good now than I was then. I wish I, I still had some of those, um, you know, or like the, the, the control in me then now it's like, Oh yeah, no, I need to, I need like, there's just life is different. You have to pay rent, you have to pay bills and yeah. and whatnot. And I think it puts things into perspective. No, I certainly, I, I totally appreciate it. So I, I think that's awesome. Uh, so you're, 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 
your career has been has been fascinating. You've been working. Um, it, it, I guess it's certainly some of the upper echelons of when we talk about financial sophistication and, and limited partnerships and putting deals together and funding. Um, so why this passion for for financial education? Yeah, so I, I wasn't really trained um, in finance or investing or, or business in a, in a traditional sense. I, um, I when I went to school, I went to school in Charlottesville, Virginia. I really wanted to be a business major. Um, my fault, I didn't have the grades. I, I didn't really think about what I needed to get into that program, so I never got to do that. And then I just didn't have the confidence, or you know, my lack of confidence in in getting into a business school, getting into an MBA program where I thought I needed to go to learn about these things. Um, and fast forward, I think that you don't actually need these formal levels of education and pay a shit ton of money on it and have this pressure to get in and, and be smart. Um, I don't think you need any of that. I think a, a lot of it is just a fallacy. I think that it's, it's a bit of a mirage. And um, I think that always has stuck with me. Like you don't need to know these things um, to sound intelligent or sound smart or be good with business. If you're able to bring in more money um, than you're spending, you're a genius to some degree. Mm -hmm. Right. And like, that's pretty relative to anybody. Like, People have done really difficult things uh, in their circumstances, and I think anyone can be smart with money. So I think I've always held that on to me. And during this journey, I've had friends and friends and family. They keep asking me. They've asked me questions about investing and this and that. And uh, and, and it's just stayed with me. I'm like, you know, I want to create something that we can make this as easy as it should be, as fun and relatable as it should be, um, not the way it's currently delivered. Yeah, yeah. And when you talk about it's currently delivered, you, you, have, a, you have a feeling that, and, and you've observed, that in order to really gain access, you need to have, be, be going through these more traditional type systems? Well, I think there's that, but then I think that a lot of people are just intimidated. Um, mm -hmm. There's something about finance and something about business um, that that give people some level of insecurity. I, I think a good example is like, let's just say this, like Joe Rogan, um, one of the best podcasters has, you know, one of the biggest free form platforms for um, free speech. We'll see now what happens with Spotify, but he keeps saying, he's like, well, I'm not a business guy. You know, I've heard him say that on the podcast. Like this guy's actually created one of the most value enterprises by a singly owned uh, individual ever made like everyone can be good at business and finance they might not even just know it like in the traditional sense he doesn't think he's a business guy but actually he might be one of the best ones out there and and i think that there's this thing of like oh i don't understand the jargon or finance like finance alone has this negative connotation to it or i don't understand wall street or i don't understand earnings like none of that actually matters um, for the most part and i think that's always caused a bit of an obstacle that you need to be good at math and economics and all these things. And, and that's not really the case. Um, and, and so I, I think there's that, I think there's the, obviously like, Hey, well, I, 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 I worked at Goldman Sachs or I got an MBA. There's like, there's that. And then there's also, there's so much now noise. Like we, there is actually a lot of educational content out there. Right. But the example would be like a lot of the educational content out there simply uses content marketing to get you to, to acquire you as a user. And so like, who do you actually trust? Like, I think a good example is that like, I'm a big Kevin Hart fan, 
Uh, I think he's uh, phenomenal in terms of what he's built, and he's really passionate about this. But his passion is like, I'm going to team up with J.P. Morgan and do this. Like that doesn't really make sense to me because essentially you're just selling J.P. Morgan products. Like you're using education to acquire more customers for J.P. Morgan, and to me, that's there's some level of like that. Uh, the incentives don't align for me. There. Yeah, yeah, that's a that's a really that's a really great point right there. Kevin Hart is is hilarious. I smile just thinking about Kevin Hart. That's how funny Kevin Hart is, and and you're right. Might be some some who who knows, but it seems like the the incentives might be misaligned. Yeah. And I I think the intention is right. Yeah. I just think that um you know uh, I mean at least because I work in on the investment side, especially around like fintech companies, like I know how these things work. Like everyone is competing for the same person as a customer. Yeah. I, I think that's such an important thing right there is what what are the incentives and you are offering this incredible content but what's what's really going on here you're trying to you're trying to make somebody a client and which is not inherently a bad thing right it's just yes. make sure people really understand it yes it, it, exactly like where is the transparency like do these people understand um, and maybe they don't need to, you know, part of it is also convenience. Like someone can be like, I don't really care. Like, uh, you know, they're doing, they're making it easy for me. That's great. All I'm saying is that the tool should be out there where it's transparent. We're like, okay, I understand how Robinhood makes money. I have no problem using it versus then feeling that you use Robinhood and you feel like they did something wrong to you. It's like, well, you should have known how they work in the first place, but it's not really that like apparent you know, like for how any of these business models work and how do you teach that to somebody without them really knowing they have to learn it in a subtle way? Like that's what I'm trying to find out. Yeah. So how, how to crack the code, how to, how to present information in a way that's actually gonna, actually gonna find its mark. Um, well, my, my thesis around that is people love stories. People love storytelling. Um, people like to relate to, to something and, uh, you know, I'm included in that group. Like I try to always, I mean, I think based just on, even in, within this interview, I've used like a couple of analogies that are very entertainment focused or something that I can, you know, explain my point in a way that everyone would understand. And I think it's kind of the same thing. Like you don't have to be, I remember when I wanted to start doing, it starts with like podcasts, right? I think audio is a great medium. Um, as you found yourself. And I think stories help and, and narration helps and telling something in a way that someone can be like, oh, I, I get that. Like, I understand. Like, can you explain to somebody what arbitrage is by telling them how the sneaker market works? Mm -hmm. um, yeah, potentially. And like, they might not even know that they're learning about arbitrage, but now they, they understand the concept. Around it. Um, and so that's kind of my approach to everything is, is, making it entertaining in a way that I want to be engaged. Like, why do we love the daily so much? Or at least a lot of people like the daily is because they're just very good at telling a story. Um, and they get you with that emotion to really have this underlying tone about whatever they're talking about, like politics or whatever that day. Um, and I think the same approach should be made uh, within this, within business and financial education. Yeah. I think that makes, makes a ton of sense. Simplify things, make them, approachable and accessible and also affordable to your point. So you, you, you said a little while ago that if you are able to bring in more money than you're spending, you are, you know, a, a financial genius. And I think that, I think that that's true. I think that so many of us are living paycheck to paycheck. So if you're able to master some 
some relatively simple concepts that that'll really get you on the right track for success? Are there some really core themes that you point to and say, you know, people really need to, to, to figure this stuff out first? Well, I think it's, I think it's one. And and again, I I don't know people's situations out there. Some people might just, it just might not even be possible for them to do that. I think the idea is to think about how to get there or at least think that way. I think looking at your actual credit card statements and your bills is just, it's scary and it's intimidating. I think the first thing to do is like, and like, I, I do this. I honestly do this. I'm starting a new business and I've started a new business with, with my wife. And like, sometimes I'm just like, I'm just going to, I know what we've spent. I just don't want to look at it. And <laughs> that's not good. Like you need to basically face the fact. And when you look at it and you face it, it helps you actually then be like, okay, wow, I didn't realize how much money I've spent on, you know, food uh, outside and Uber's like, did you really need to go to like, that Manhattan bar and get that old fashioned that was $18 or did you, you know, and, and I think, you know, something like this pandemic has actually shown a lot. I, I didn't realize how much money I spent on Ubers and eating out like my spend. Obviously we all our spending is all decreased, but it really puts things into perspective. Yeah. Yeah. Amen to all that. It is. I think that we've all gone through the exercise of, yeah, I, I know how much I spent. I don't need to look at the statement. I don't need to pay that close attention to it. But you got to know the facts. You got to know your facts. You got to know your cash flow. You, you need to get a handle on, on, on your budget. Um, and yeah, 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 I think that. Yeah, no. And, and one more thing I would add to that it's also like, you can only start investing in your future at any point as long as you're thinking long term. Like, I, if I could go back, I would have taken whatever like a little bit of cash I had, um, you know, saved up when I was 18 or, you know, graduation and stuff. And I just would have invested in the stock market. Like, why didn't anybody tell me to do that? And 20 years, I mean, 15 years later, like I, I, it probably would have been a pretty nice scenario. Like it's just, it's funny because we always think it's too late. We always think it's too late. And then you think like, wow, 10 years is a long time. Well, if you invested it five years ago, you'd be halfway there. Um, and so I think it's just like, just do it. Like whether it's five bucks or 500 bucks, it doesn't matter. Like you just put it away, get into the habit of, of doing that. Yeah. I think that's so well said. I love it. Well, Mesh, Savage Nation is ready for your difference making tip. What do you have for them? Um, I think my, you know, I, I think it would just be, don't ever feel scared to ask questions when it comes to finance or business. Like don't feel like the other person or don't feel like it's a dumb question. Don't feel like you're going to embarrass yourself. A lot of the, a lot of the times it's jargon. And a lot of the times you just need to be confident and ask him like, can you explain that to me in English? Um, I do it all the time. And it's something that my father actually taught me um, where it's like, you know, a lot of us feel like the dumb person in the room. Like you don't want to be like, well, what does that mean? Like I, I still do it. Um, I'm, I'm like Googling stuff on the side. If I'm on a conference call, like what, what did that person just say? <laughs> and, and I think it's your money, you know, like that's w- whatever is yours or it's, if you're taking out a loan or whatever, understand it. Don't be scared to ask, make it painful for them to explain it to you till the point that you understand it. Because you have every right to understand it because it's your hard earned uh, money or, and, or it's whatever situation that you're in. And, um, don't let someone, intimidate you or, or feel, uh, make you feel less intelligent. Um, you are more intelligent if you ask questions. Well, that is great stuff. That definitely gets, come on, come on. 
And yes, I, I could not agree with you anymore. Can you explain it to me in English or use words that other human beings could actually understand? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Well, Mesh, thank you so much for coming on. Where can Savage Nation learn more about you? Um, you can you can see my, my podcast and all the content that comes with it at thetalkfunny.com. Um, and follow me on Twitter at Mesh Lakani. Perfect. Well, Savage Nation, if you enjoyed this as much as I did, show Mesh your appreciation and share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good ideas. Go to thetalkmoney.com. Listen to the podcast. Check out everything else he's working on. Follow him on Twitter. I'll list all those in the notes of the show. Thank you again, Mesh. Hey, man. Thanks so much. I really appreciate it. And until next time, keep fighting the good fight as we are all in this together.